Hey guys, Ben Belak here with co-host Zach Goldsmith. Welcome back to a very special episode of To Live and Buy in Los Angeles. This is one of those episodes that make you feel a little uncomfortable. It's one of those episodes where we hold up the mirror to you, our audience. Wait, guys, calm down, okay? It's not that crazy. I can feel Zach, like, wigging out already. Yeah, the mirror is to me. I can tell. <laughs> it's not. It's going to be to everybody. But, yes, you may be our guinea pig here because they can't speak for themselves. Pearson's law states that when performance is measured, performance improves. And when performance is measured and reported back, the rate of improvement accelerates. So, with that, welcome to our mid-year review, Zach are you ready for this? How does it make you feel? That's I'm relieved. I thought based on your opening, we were going to be watching golf videos of yourself. That's why you, we film ourselves golfing so we can see the playback and improve. Yeah, which you won't watch the videos. You still have the steepest swing in Mountain Gate, and you're always surprised when it's not. Oh, for two days, two days. Two He's days like, I'm hitting a draw. Taking it from the inside. <laughs> Let's focus on the positive. I watched. I've learned. I'm building. That's what this episode is about. Okay, watching, learning, and building this week on to live and buy in Los Angeles. Okay, I want to turn to my team's business plan, and for those real estate agents that are watching this, or any entrepreneur that wants to learn, I would say get out a pen and paper because. I'm going to ask you guys and Zach some questions, and I'm also going to share my answers to them at the beginning of the year, and we'll see how I'm doing. So, Let's jump in. First thing, what is your commitment? What did you commit to this year? Did you commit to anything that you can think of? Well, I committed to uh, a higher production number. Mm. And wait, uh, and when I say production, I mean total was it, sales. Oh, uh, volume based. About, well, I'm not talking about quantity. I'm talking about quality, and I, I try and work at a higher price point. Oh, so you, you, you are committed to... Selling a certain number. Yeah, I was going to say um, having a higher average price per sale. Uh, I was committed to having a higher total at the end of the year. Okay, so a total volume goal. Yes, yes. So my total volume goal was $300 million this year. Amazing. And a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people... <laughs> I can't help the Trump thing. That's fine. It's okay. Work it out. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, most of the time when I'm meeting with agents and I'm recruiting to the team, um, agents, not agents, agents, I will say to them, what was your goal this year? And only one out of 10 of them will have like a net income goal. Nine of them, it's always volume-based. Hmm, okay. It's always volume-based. Okay. So, so my quick Soldiers. question for you going into this next part of it um, is, is there like what happens if you are, and I'm not saying you are or not, but like let's say it's the middle of the year and you're not on pace. What do you do? It kind of that. Well, why I set that goal is because when my back is against the wall, mm -hmm. I fight harder. I enjoy uh, having that drama. So halfway through the I year, after each quarter, I kind of stop and assess. And very often it's not there at that pace because I set goals that are not unattainable, but they're, they're, they're aspirational. Kind of aspirational. They should be. They should be. OK, so let me just tell you what we said we were committed to this year, just as a team. We are committed to doing the basics at a high level consistently. And because I and I have on my board at home, um, consistency is king. Just to keep reminding right, me to do enough. my stuff. Okay. And by the way, I'm not saying these things to put Zach on the spot. Like Zach consistently has sold more homes than I have year after year. 
Um, so I'm saying this just for the sake of discussion, a new way of thinking, and for you guys at home to think. Um, I'm not like here trying to grind Zach. Trust me, the guy is a killer and has been for a long time. I just want to make sure that's clear. I welcome it. I'm excited for it, but don't ask me anything I can't answer. Okay, so the next part is accountability. <laughs> there isn't anything. The next part is accountability. And what I want to talk about as far as accountability goes is that accountability is opting into a standard, a standard of behavior, a standard of practice, knowing your daily number. So our accountability, um, uh, if, if you will, was as we become more automated, we need to activate the staff to keep me personally accountable to my own production goals, speed of the leader, speed of the pack. And what I mean by that is that as you become a team leader, you often become reactive. A lot of real estate agents who don't have efficiency in their practice, they become reactive to the clients and like, oh, we need the 9A, we need termite, we need to get this thing to escrow. And I just, I wanted to make all of our backend stuff automated so my I could come in and my assistant says, I've loaded 10 people that you got to call into your call list, go call them, follow up for production as I chase time. So as a team smart, lead. so smart. We just had a very good in, incident the other day about a disclosure not getting to our sellers two weeks into the process. Avid. And, we, and, it, and it just was it the made, Avid? No, it was some some fire hazard. Oh, thing sure. It's new. And it gives now the sellers an extra three to five days to yes. the, the buyers to three cancel. To five days to cancel now. And I was livid with our team because the idea is we do have that back end stuff in place. There is a template. That stuff gets handled right away. Yeah. And, and if you can't handle those logistics, it's going to take away from the, the end goal, which is producing. Yeah. So maybe as part of your commitment moving into the rest of this year, you explore a little bit more deeply so something like that doesn't happen. Or you have the ability to adapt quickly. Um, well, I do have the ability to adapt quickly, which we did, but I don't. I want to hedge those things ahead of time. No, no, that's what I mean. This is important. I meant that your operations, obviously you adapted in the moment. You're a, a pro. But I just mean like you. your operations have the ability to adapt so it doesn't yeah. happen again. Um, okay, next, our why. We talk about this a lot. It should be specific. It should have an emotion attached to it. Um, and funny enough, Zach just said he works better when he's up against the wall. And under my notes here, the why I said, and sometimes losing something is better than attaining something as far as a why is concerned. What I mean by that is I never worked harder than when I wanted to get out of the restaurant business because I wanted to get away from that. I wanted to lose that, um, that pain, um, of working. It wasn't pain, but I just mean, I, I wanted to get out of that versus, I'm going to sell this stuff because I want a watch or a car. Would yeah, you I, agree? A hundred percent. I mean, I we love winning. Everyone loves to win. But I don't know if it's since I've had kids or since I've just gained a new se- sense of confidence or self-worth where I love losing sometimes. I love when my kids lose and I see that agony and pain on their face because I love to grow from that loss because often when you're winning, when things are going well, you don't revert to these systems that got you here. Sure. And I want to move on because you like when I'm fast on these information dense episodes, but I did a really cool exercise for my why this year, which is called the five F's. You do it from what do you think your five F's were? I'm going to say what they are in a second, five years ago, what they are right now and what you'd like them to be in the future. It's really fun to start off when you're looking at friends family, um, finances, um, and faith 
And there's one other that I can't remember right now on the spot. But anyway, it's well, funny. You really have this down. It's huh? funny to look. Well, I'm going to read what they were and we'll get it. You do aerobics with and these exercises? So what's funny is, is when you say, when you look back and you go, whoa, this was important to me five years ago. That's sure, hilarious. Sure, All I cared about sure. was this. And then you look at what it is today and you're like, oh, God, is that who I am? And right. then you're like, this is what I want in the future. It's a, it's a great exercise. That's who I was. And that helped me get here. So for me this year, my why was I want to be able to travel out of the U.S. twice a year. I want to grow a family. I want to buy two more investment properties and the primary residence within five years. And to fund those things, I have to hit my goals. I'll need to support a family and fund all the things that they and will want to do. Okay, moving to your vision. Most people don't even have a vision. And I'm going to give an example. What can you see by the end of the year for your team, for your business, for your family, for your faith, with your friends? For me, my vision was I will grow my team to 50 agents. I will be the most efficient and pain-free in the business. That's for the consumers and the agents we recruit on board. I want to actually own a percent of the portion of the MLS that we cover. Ultimately, I want to merge my team with another like-minded team, maybe like a Tom Ferry-ish style team, and create a new brokerage. Ooh. Maybe we should leave that part out. At some point, a long time from now, potentially create a new broker that solves some of the things that okay let's move forward to what is your mission well on that vision i often do the vision uh for my whole life i kind of i think you get very particular which is important and i kind of summarize what i want and i do this daily i don't do it every day this is why you're meditating stretching and brushing your teeth all at the same time it's it's mindfulness instead of meditation let's call it mindfulness but i'm thinking what i want for my family what i want for my career what i want for my investments what i want for Mm -hmm. my health and happiness and overall success and labeling those laying them out uh i think is the first thing that we want to tell people is creating that vision putting it out there do you write yours down not only do i write them down but they're up if they're hidden on your mirror like rocky balboa they used to be on my mirror but now because i have a home office they're on my board i like to see it yeah you must see it and right now what you guys can't see at home is that the team had a goal of 300 appointments by the end of the year and we have 300 299 298 297 we have them all up all the way down to one and we cross them off so we can see how many more we have to go and right now we're lagging for the first half of the year but at least we know we know our numbers so do your team actually know what they're looking at it looks like a scene from goodwill hunting (laughs) yes it's pretty obvious okay um okay so from there what is what is your mission and this is maybe personally professionally um for a team can everyone see it is it up On my team, our mission is to make the real estate buying and selling processes completely pain-free with a a personalized, hands-on approach. Our clients should be naturally inspired to leave us positive reviews and advocate for our success. They should want to be a part of this club. So I um, do that with my family too, as often as I can in the mornings. I want to have a mission, a vision, and goals for us all and send my kids out into the world with direction. Rather than just driving aimlessly, they have a map. They know where they want to go. Totally. But I think, again, about having it up, I want the consumer to know that this is our mission as a group. This is what we aspire to. Yeah, we have one of our walls, a chalkboard wall. Oh, yes, I remember. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. So, all right, before we move into the final part or the the next piece of this, I want to say, how about your core values? Are those up? 
to for, for people to see. You can't just say white glove service because the truth is one consumer's version or yours of white glove may be different than mine or someone else's. You can't just say to give the best service. It, it, it's literally as... as not enough there behind It's it. just as cliche as when you ask a real estate agent, why are you in the business? And they go, I love architecture. Like, give me, yeah. give me a fucking break. Um, so what are your core values, right? Can your you, pillars. Are, those are your pillars to success. I think it's like those mm-hmm. are your... That's your foundation. If you're building a skyscraper, you don't realize how much infrastructure goes below the ground. Mm-hmm. Those are your core values. Yeah, your foundation. So for ours, which is up our core values are to deliver value embrace innovation build and maintain trust execute with relentless discipline strive for greatness and always improve our skills so that's i really believe that those things are often rushed over to get to the vanity goal and they're the most important piece because the truth is any agent could have a good segment it's about making it a career and one that finances all that you wish and for those that you love. So I want to talk next about the numbers. I want to turn to the transactional goal and how to set them. So the first thing that we do is with our agents and me, I do it too every year. We look at all of the transactions we did last year and their sources. So for example, it will just have a column for sellers, a column for buyers, and then the rows are like open house, expired cancels, circle dialing, farming, social media, whatever it is. We look at those. We also then write down what our average sale price was, what our average uh, commission was, what our sales volume was, and then the average sales price, if I didn't say that already, for each. Then we will then forecast, as you have, in a realistic but also aspirational way. So we'll scale them up and then maybe we'll add on a pipeline. And you have this on an online platform that you guys are all share. Yeah, so basically we have... And contribute to. No, no, basically every agent will fill out a fillable form and then I audit it with them and then we look at it quarterly and then also as we forecast into the next year. Smart, Mikey, smart. Now here's the cool part. Okay, here's the cool part, which I think you're going to like. So it's real easy for someone to be like, I want to sell 300 million next year, like you did, right? And then it's a little bit, a little bit tougher to then say, here's where all my business came from last year. Know why? Because it, it, it can be exposing. You're like, shit, I got this one referral and it was over 50% of my sales and I'm using this volume calculator in my mind, right? Then it's another thing to forecast. But then we start asking ourselves, we start asking ourselves, what is the percentage of listing appointments that result in listings taken? Let's say only half, right? What is the percentage of listings taken that close? Maybe three quarters. What is the percentage of the initial buyer consultations that close? And how many conversations do we have to have per close loosely? We usually start at 40. In this market, it's more like 75. Okay? So with those in mind, what our sheet will then do is it'll say, based on the goals, the forecasting you did up here, for the average sale you want to do, the average transactions you want to do, this is the amount of conversations you need to have per year. This is the amount of appointments you need to have per year. And then it says, this is what you need to do per week, and this is what you need to do per day. So for those newer agents who are like, I cannot get to the top of this mountain, that mountain... 
the mountain all of a sudden is here because they go, I just have to talk to five people I know, five people I don't know, and four active clients every day. Well, you're day. making it attainable rather than the 300 million, which maybe for me works, but someone new in the business, how do I get to that? number how do i reach any numbers you have to have a system that breaks it down so it's the equivalent of you are hitting in the track man and you're watching every kind of breakdown analysis of your swing versus just watching yourself on tape and seeing if you're coming over the top or not you're breaking it down and giving things uh giving people giving your agents uh a path with which to work from totally and there's kind of like four cosms to overcome right there's conversations to appointment set Appointments set to appointment met, appointments met to listing signed, and listing signed to listing close. So if I see someone's having like a thousand conversations and no appointment set, that tells us, hey, they need to role play a little bit more. If someone's only going on 60% of the appointments set, meaning they're not becoming appointments met, maybe what they're saying at the at the end of the call isn't juicy enough when the call wears off for someone to keep that appointment a week ago when someone called your met you at an open house. So then we'll say, hey, why don't we adjust what you're saying at the end of the call? Like, hey, Zach, is there any, I'm going to send you a calendar invite. Thanks for your email. Um, Is there anything specific that you'd like me to bring or prepare um, to, uh, to your home on Wednesday. And then once you tell me what those are, now you're looking forward to those things that you specifically asked versus some guy who's going to bring over his marketing brochure. He's going to will, he's going to will his, uh, uh, ideas on you rather than listening to what they want and then catering specifically to what they need. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, is when I used to, um, go on listing appointments, I used to just go. It's just like that famous scene in Glengarry Glen Ross where Alec Baldwin comes in and says, coffee's for closers. Yeah. He turns to Kevin Spacey and he goes, are they all here? He goes, all but one. He goes, I'm going anyway. Yeah. And like, that's what I used to do. But now my listing presentation has literally, like we barely even get to the marketing stuff. It, it's, it's such a second thing. I mean, it, all I do is sit there and ask questions. And then I mirror them. I tell them what I'm saying, what I think I hear them saying between the lines. And then I tell them how we're going to attack those things versus me just trying to guess that our international reach is important. It's, it's, it's changed so much. Um, okay, let's keep going here. We're almost finished too. So the next thing we do is a SWOT analysis. SWOT is an acronym. So I'm going to ask you right now, and I'll answer too. What do you think the strength of your business is right now? The top strengths, like, Give me the two things that make your business uniquely strong. I think my... Share a wall with me. What's that? You share a wall with my office. <laughs> oh, you mean getting stuff from you? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. Uh, I think my adaptability is one of my strengths right now because we are in a, a, a very rapidly changing real estate market climate. The world is changing. AI is jumping in and taking humans out of it. So rather than being afraid of it, I am jumping in and adapting because I came from the old school where none of this existed. We came, we had a, an MLS book at one point with no computer. I know Didi's got them right? on our on our so, desk. It's hilarious. So that's when I was a kid and first started here, and uh, and and so adapting, not being caught in my old ways, and say that's how it was and that's how oh, okay. it always will be is I am excited for that change and embrace it. And I think that's one of, that has been one of my greatest So Zach is entrepreneurial heat seeking. Do you have another strength you want to add or you don't have to? I I know one of yours. You have an extremely 
extremely dense sphere of influence and they all like you a lot. And I, I also think that one of your strengths is you make, um, when you're at work, you have a knack for um, like making people feel like they're the only people in the room, believe it or not. Like I see you with clients, you do such a good job. Like they, Phil Jones, who is an incredible, incredible uh, author of a great book uh, called Exactly What to Say, he says that curiosity leads to certainty and you have tremendous curiosity oftentimes when I'm just like, get me the fuck out of this room and you're just at, and people feel really heard and seen. I think it's a great strength of yours. I would say for, for me, a strength of mine is we can kind of take a cog out of the wheel and we can put another cog in and they can be successful, whether that's staff or agent. And I think that frees us up a lot. Um, and I think another strength of ours is that we're really, really focused on words and language. And I think the way with which we communicate is something that sets us apart. Uh, uniquely well i think you actually listen to people also and you cater That's to true. their needs and you 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 have created an infrastructure with which to work from so it's a lot easier when you have it in front of you mm-hmm. rather than just flying by the seat of your pants yeah totally and um i hate flying by the seat of your pants and i also we always talk about like the worst time you're not gonna fly for my pants the 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 worst the worst time to think about what you're gonna say to someone is is when you're saying it and that's that's a thing that we're we're constantly thinking about and, and addressing. So I'll start with weaknesses, which is the W in the SWOT analysis. I think that my team's biggest weakness right now is that I am still the most uh, skilled salesperson and also I close the most. So when I'm servicing the team or filming the show, as we've been doing now for the last, I believe, seven weeks... That is a tremendous vulnerability because like when I'm not hustling or I don't have the energy to do it or I just don't have the time because I'm servicing the team members in my free time, um, my net income is uh, is attacked. And that, that's a weakness of mine. And I think the way to fix that is to be extremely regimented and routine with calendar. What do you think yours are? Well, I think, sorry, just to jump on yours, I think like the template you have built uh, fosters newer agents, younger agents who need that direction, whereas people who are more seasoned in the business don't feel like they need it or don't want to address that, which is mm-hmm. why maybe you're not getting that type of agent. Maybe you'll grow those agents. And maybe... Oh, they're scaling now. Maybe that's a pivot point. Uh, I mean, Tyler on my team sells more than Tyler's a, great. The, a lot of agents who have been in the business for decades. Sure. But I'm saying maybe there's a way because because I think my weakness is that I don't have these systems in place. I don't have this infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I have one that has been building over years. It's not as structured. It's not as well laid out. I know it. My team knows it. But can I scale like you can? Can I replace uh, a piece, put another in, not as easily. So we'll that's just why I'm come over and I'll give you the keys no, of the I kingdom. Wanna, I don't uh, want to come over. I'll just watch the episode twice. Okay. Um, so I would say the opportunities, which is the O in SWOT analysis, the opportunities for my business is to continue recruiting, of course, because we do have a system that works. Um, and also uh, because I'm growing a little bit more in profile, naturally the opportunity is to leverage that. How about you? Do you see any new opportunities aside from the one I just mentioned, being that you're going to be on a show? I think this is my biggest opportunity is to use more of an infrastructure as a base. Mm. I think there should also, can your SWAT add a letter to it? Can we do swapped? Can we add a P before the T? What's the P? Pivot. Maybe Uh, it falls in line with opportunity, but pivoting 
again, what you're doing, you want your goal is to get higher caliber agents that produce uh, a higher rate of business. How can you pivot your sure. plan here to attract those people? Yeah, I think that's the point of this exercise is, is overall how you're going to pit. And then lastly, what are the threats to your business? Right now, my threats are the team members <laughs> because I spent a lot of time and energy on them. And if they don't scale and they don't ROI, it costs me a lot of money because my time costs a lot. It costs, it doesn't cost a lot because I'm like, oh, I'm a doctor. It costs me a lot. It costs me a lot. What do you think? I know what your threats are. I My actually know ADD? it. No, I was going to say, and I mean this in the sweetest way, but the threats to your business is your family because they, you got to be a dad and they take a lot of time. And the older they get, the more baseball, the more football. Now it's cute. They can mess I around in the backyard. My nanny takes them. <laughs> it's, I'm not a great dad in that sense. I just can't schlep to uh, Thousand Oaks and six hours of heat to watch uh, my son hit two balls in a baseball game. Okay, I so do like to go. But, but at the same time, that threat is what drives me because those kids need a lot okay? of triple chinos and cheesecake. A lot cake. of triple chinos, but it requi they require a lot of time of course but a lot of money to support their lifestyles yeah. so that also fuels me and i want to build for their future so i'm not trying to say anything also yeah i know i drive i think Can we I, add a d to this i'm not trying to say <laughs> so many letters s-w-o-t-p-d swapped um i i think that um i i wasn't trying to say anything negative about about your fam i love them I, I didn't individually and together i'm just saying they a threat to your business is time and they require a lot of time. Um, so, okay. So moving forward and as we kind of wrap here on this mid-year review, this plan is that what we'll do is like, if we go back to the portion where I said, we look at all the transactions we did and we look at all the sources and then we then forecast for those same sources to scale them up and then also to add on new pipelines. Yeah. Like, let's say you're like, you know what? I want to now take over Truesdale from Williams and Williams and this new pipeline is farming. We then write out and I often tell team members, like you should open up a glass of wine here and brain dump with no judging. You just got to put I it all that. out there. I love doing that. Well, yeah, because you like system. to drink. So basically, oh, it basically, it'll say like, how are you? Here's lead source number one, open house. How are you going to nurture, market, network, prospect, follow up? How are you going to do that with each of those sources? I'll give a quick example before we move on. Let's say it's open house. You don't just go there and turn on the lights and read a book. You door knock the neighborhood. You circle dial the neighborhood in anticipation of a new listing. You call them and say, I want to welcome you to this event with pastries and mimosas the day before VIP for neighbors. We want your opinion on price. We'd love to get your opinion on price. Um, then to get their, um, to get entry, they have to give you their email address. Then you're sending them a market report over time. Maybe they say, hey, at this number, I'm a seller. You put them in your CRM with a price, the neighborhood, the open house, whatever it may be. So you, you just over tag them so you can find them later. And then maybe six months from now, you're holding a listing nearby. And then someone buyer comes in and says, this isn't it. Do you have this? And then you go back and you search for all those people that would sell. Maybe So then you become this matchmaker of inventory and buyers. Like Jacob Green was saying, 
when he came on. So well, by by empowering your neighbors, great move. You are creating such value add for yourself and your business. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's a saying I heard recently where if you want to make a million dollars in top line revenue every year, you got to have 10,000 people in your database. So I always turn to, to, to new agents and I have them go to contacts and scroll all the way down. And I'm like, how many people do you have in there? And then I'm like, how many of those people do you are in your CRM? How many people are in your CRM? So that's just an example. Now, here's, here's one of the things that I want to say is that once we have all these goals, meaning what someone's going to do for the year, what someone's going to do, what they need to do per month, week, day, we put them into our tracking software. And that tracking software syncs with our CRM and it also syncs with our the server, the system we use to cold call. So since we are tracking and measuring culture, as I brought up earlier when I quoted Pearson's Law, the agents aren't like being like, uh, I had one conversation. Okay, I had another conversation. Now I have to enter it in the spreadsheet. It's automatically synced. So when they make these calls, when they set appointments, when they when they go on appointments, it's automatically there. So at the end of a quarter, I can go, hey, how's it going? And they're like, great. I'm like, well, you're lagging and I'm not seeing effort. What can I do to help you? What's wrong? What's not working? Why do you feel like you can't get there? Because what I don't want, what I don't want is is for my team members, for any of us here, which I often encounter when I meet agents recruiting, I'm like, what was your goal this year? 25 million in volume. How's it going? I've sold six. What are you doing about it? Uh, uh, the market. Uh, well, are you tracking and measuring yourself? Uh, I don't know. How many conversations, how many calls do you think you make in an hour? Uh, probably like four. I'm like, homie, my system dials 160 numbers in an hour. You got no chance against me. You know, so anyway, that said, um, I do think the kind of parting advice here is like, if you want to get over the hump, you got to see it. You got to own it. You got to be obsessed. Rainy, Williams was in here talking about the first five years for her and Brandon. They were obsessed. No family. I'm not saying you should have a family. But they were just saying, like, we together were obsessed like crazy people. Now they're the number one team in the U.S. And they've sold over, what, 12, 11 or $12 billion? And they're still obsessed, by the way. And you can still be obsessed. But one of her big things was balance. It is. And you'll get to that and watch our episode. If you want to learn more about this DM us an audition to join our team. The only way you're getting this proprietary info. Yeah, this is so, helpful. This is useful. I'm going to go back and watch this myself. Yeah, I Not mean, just I, because I have to edit it because I actually <laughs> want to take notes and uh, I want to pivot. Most of that P. Most of your colleagues out there are going to make a volume goal, and if you just make a plan, you can audit yourself. And also, like you said. Like when we watch the swing videos, it's much easier to execute on a plan when you know your daily number. Get away from the yearly number. Know your daily number. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed our mid-year review. If it made you feel a little uncomfortable, I will say that the opportunity is always on the other side of the discomfort. I'm at Ben Bellack, seated next to my good friend, at Zach Goldsmith, 24. He's he's actually frozen. He may reboot. Um, <laughs> this is to live and buy in Los Angeles. And if you didn't feel comfortable, 
Guy hates when I won't take it out. If you didn't feel uncomfortable, you didn't pay close enough attention. Mm. Look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Super, Super. bien. <laughs> Super bien. <laughs>